You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What is going on? Welcome. Welcome, everybody, into the Overreaction Sports Podcast. I am your host, Joe Miller. I'm the voice of the Overreaction Sports Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Miller Wired, and the Overreaction Sports Podcast is on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast or Multicast Network, and it is brought to you by, brought to you by, as always, the market dominator, my guy, John Spazcheck. If you are in the need or in need of a real estate broker, if you're looking to buy a house, if you're looking to sell a house, and let me tell you something, right now is 1,000% the time, especially if you're in Western New York, to sell a house. Uh, the problem with selling a house is if you sell a house and you got to have someplace to go. So maybe that might not work out for you. But if you're looking to sell a house or you're looking to buy a house or buy a cottage or something like that, you want to give my guy, John Spazchik, a call. He literally just got voted or just got elected or selected or just got awarded once again with being one of the top 100 real estate brokers in Western New York. He works for Keller Williams, which is the largest real estate broker in the world. Uh, and you can reach John Spazchik at 716-570-3298. That number again, 716 570 3298, you can find him on Twitter at Your Elite Broker. And John and his team are the best. Uh, When you're looking for something especially like this, with the amount of stuff that's going on, attorneys and real estate agents and buyers and sellers and all kinds of people being involved, you want a team that's going to drive the sale for you. And that's what John's team does. Do me a favor. If you're in the market, uh, give John a call and make sure that you let him know. Let him know that you heard about him on the Overreaction Sports Podcast. But as I always say, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad you guys are here, whether you are watching me currently on YouTube Live, uh, Facebook Live, Twitter Live, or you are listening to this, catching this the next day on the podcast when it drops on Monday at 12 o'clock in the afternoon on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. I'm so, so glad and just appreciative that you are uh, here. If you are a first-time listener, if you're a long-time listener, I'm just excited that you are listening. I'm excited that you are tuning in once again to hear what I have to say about anything, especially though things that are bills related. And as always, whether this podcast finds you around a cup of coffee on the drive to work at the gym with your AirPods in or watching me live on YouTube one more time, let me just say welcome. And I want to say a special welcome to my guy that's in the chat. None other than Saxa Dave all the way from the UK. Dave Thorpe is joining us. He's in the comments section. Uh, I don't know what time it is right now over in the UK, but I know that it's late or early. (laughs) But that dude is, uh, you know, it's funny. He put hello, Joe, 
uh, in the comments section, and I was surprised to see it. And I literally read it in his voice. And if you've listened back to the the the, the overreaction, time to shine, the Bills Mafia time to shine segments, uh, he he was he was a constant one in there. And it always started with "Hello, Joe." <laughs> so for me, it tickled me because literally when I read "Hello, Joe" from Dave Thorpe, I read it in his voice. So uh, welcome to everybody in the chat, Chris Janke, Richard Rush, all you guys that are over there. Uh, obviously, Dave Thorpe, uh, William Fox, first time uh, tuner inner of the uh, the chat over here. Brian Bowers, everybody that's paying attention, everybody that's in. Uh, I just appreciate you guys being with me, hanging with me live. This is what I got coming. So this is what I got coming. Or sh I should say this is what's happened. Last Friday, uh, a couple days ago, uh, we had the return of the off tackle with John Fina show. Right now, that is a YouTube exclusive only video that you can watch. So if you want to watch the John the, the off tackle with John Fina show, uh, John's takes for who he had drafted thus far uh, in the draft. You you need to, to jump over to YouTube uh, and watch that. Yeah, the best thing you can do is subscribe. You might as well just go ahead and subscribe to the Buffalo Rumblings YouTube channel. That way you can get all of the content as it comes out. You'll be notified next week. I'm really, really, really excited about my show next week. I've got on this show, and I've been trying to line him up for a while, which is weird when you think about it because he's my family. Uh, he is my uncle, and you think that, well, if he's your uncle, it shouldn't be hard to line up a show with him. Next week, next week for the Overreaction Sports Podcast, I got Jeffrey J. Miller, uh, author, Bill's historian, Buffalo Bill's historian, and my uncle. He is the author of Rock and the Rock Pile. He's the author of Buffalo's Forgotten Champions. Uh, he's the author of Game Changers, the greatest plays in Buffalo Bills football history. He's also the author of 100 Things Bills Fans Should Know and Do Before They Die. Also, he's the author of Pop Warner, A Life on the Gridiron. He's also in the in the works currently for a for several other books. Uh, but uh, yes, if 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 you want to know more about Bills history, we're going to jump into some old. And I'm talking like like I've got a jersey from like the 40s. It's like a, a throwback replica sweater jersey for the for the from the All American Football League uh, for the Buffalo Bisons. And my uncle, I've had it since like 1997. It's one of my favorite wet sweatshirts that I have. And he's been bugging me to give it to him for about 25 years, and I won't give it up because it's my favorite. But if you have questions about that type of era, if you've got questions about Marv Levy, he's he's co-authored a couple books with Marv. You got you're going to want to tune in next week for this show to catch that. Also, what do we got coming up tonight, Joe? Well, this week we got none other than my bestie, my dude, my guy, Jay Spence, in about three minutes. Jay Spence is going to be joining us. Uh, but before he comes in, you know what? This draft for me, and this is what we're going to be talking about tonight. This draft for me was different. But it was different in a good way. And I think everybody kind of felt that. Years past, we went into drafts with huge needs. Tackle, got a big hole at tackle. Wide receiver, cornerback. Like the year we drafted Trey, everybody knew we had a huge need at cornerback. Linebacker, right? Whatever it was, we always, every for the last 20 years, we, it always seemed like we had this gigantic need. We knew exactly who the Bills were going to go after, and it just turned into which one of those players were they going to throw a dart at. But not this time. It was a little bit weird. I spent the whole first round of the draft anxious that they might get an opportunity to take a running back, somebody that could affect this offense in a positive way and, and like make a difference on day one. But the board didn't fall that way. Najee Harris went, ETN went, Javante Williams was still out there, but the two big horses went. And then I wholly expected a cornerback in a cornerback in round one, or at least a guy that would make an impact when he was drafted. And then much to my surprise, your surprise, everybody's surprise, the Bills went with Greg Rousseau. They went edge. Not only did they go edge in first in the first round, they went edge in the second round. They went edge, edge. 
edge edge, which is something you rarely see in the NFL. You see corner corner. You see wide receiver, wide receiver. You see different positions go stack like that. You rarely see edge, edge get drafted by a team, especially that high edge, edge. And what's funny is coming off that, and Jay Spence and I are going to talk about this. If you listen to Brandon Bean's comments, he said that they didn't plan it that way, that that's just kind of how the board fell. They didn't go into this expecting to get, no, no, we went into it with it with, you know, with the, with the expectation of going edge, edge. No, that's just how it fell for them. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. But obviously, the Buffalo Bills at this point in time define, in my opinion, best player available very differently. Very different, differently than the way that we define best player available, or I would say the way that a lot of draft Knicks define best player available. But with that, what I want to do right now, Without any further ado, is I want to bring in my guy, Jay Spence. Jay Spence, welcome into the Overreaction Sports, po- Sports Podcast. It's been a while. It's been a minute since well, you've been here. It's been it a has. It's, it's actually been around. <laughs> well, no, I've been on since the first time. Mm-hmm. But I was going to say, it's been around this time last year when it was like the first time. Yes, absolutely. How are you? Yeah. How, how, how did the draft treat you? Uh, the draft was, <laughs> it was tiring. <laughs> it was draining, but I'm, I'm happy it's over. I'm happy with the picks that we got. You know, um, I'm not, I'm not extremely like, I'm not yeah, yeah, rah, rah about the whole draft, but I'm right, happy right. with the players that we got. I'm, I'm extremely satisfied. So am I, but before we get to the draft and we're going to talk a lot about the draft, but before we get to the draft, we need to discuss real quick, just for those that, cause this kind of crept up on me too. It literally, it literally hit me. I sent you show notes and some questions for this show, just some structure. Mm-hmm. And then after I sent them to you, I was like, oh my gosh, when I read it, that like the fifth, the fifth year option deadline for Josh Allen and Tremaine Edmonds. And it's funny too, because it didn't strike me because I listened to the Brandon Bean presser and he talked about it and he said, you know, <laughs> I'm going to keep you guys in suspense, but it's, it's Monday. Like, it, like at the end of the day, Monday, they've got to make a decision. Where are you at? Has anything changed for you? Has anything like we're, they're picking up Allen's, you know it, right? They're yeah. un- Unless they've got something in the bag. And by that, I mean, they've got a deal in the works that they just basically need to ink, right? Like Allen is done. They're definitely picking up Allen. Where are you at on Edmonds? I think they should pick it up. I've I've been on that since day one. That's been my stance. Here's the thing. He's I sent you um so when you sent me the notes for today's show, I sent you a, a tweet that Sal Capaccio tweeted out yeah. and it said that that Tremaine is 23 today. Like yeah. he's 23. We're drafting three we just drafted three guys that are older than him now. Four, four guys. Four guys. <laughs> I'm sorry. Four guys who are older than him now. Right. So it's like at at 20 at 23 years old going into this season, he already has four seasons or three seasons worth of game reps that are going to be so invaluable to, to his development as a superstar. He's going to be a superstar. It yeah. will be a mistake for us to let this guy go. So I, I, my hope is that they pick both up tomorrow, unless like you said, um, that they have something in the works for Josh Allen and they just have a complete extension done. And then we just pick up Tremaine's, uh, yeah, if, you know, if Josh Allen's is not picked up, everybody should be clued into that. That announcement for the Allen extension is coming like in the next week or two, like it's done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's, all, it's done it's basically done they just need josh to fly back to buffalo <laughs> grab yeah. a pen and become the richest buffalo bill to ever play football <laughs> in buffalo bills history which is crazy it's funny to me how young tremaine Edmonds is because the name that sticks out to me i don't i don't feel like he's that young so much was made of for those of you that are old old like me and hung around on the buffalo bills message board uh back in the day 
a big name that was out back then was Amobi Okoye. Do you remember Amobi Okoye yeah, from yeah. the Texans? Like he came into yeah. the NFL at 19 years old. He graduated college at 19 years old. And there was a big stink about him made about the fact that he was so young and he could play football for like 18 years or something like that. And he never really worked out. It never really panned out that he was a superstar. But that's kind of the era, like era or era that like Tremaine Edmonds is in. Like the dude has been in the league for four years. And like we're drafting guys older than him. Yeah. It's weird. <laughs> it's weird, but it's also is it's even more weird when you look at him and you realize how physically dominating he is over guys who are way older than him. <laughs> like right. this dude, they don't build guys like Tremaine Edmonds. Right. So I get, you know, I do also get that a lot of fans are like, you know, hey, he he's um passive at times with tackles or he's, you know, whatever. Listen. This guy is 23 years old and he is a freak. Like yeah, I'm I'm yeah. I'm keeping him. I'm keeping yeah, him. Yeah. For sure. I think I am too. So ladies and gentlemen, you are watching the Overreaction Sports Podcast on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network. Uh I'm here with my guy Jay Spence. We're going to be talking draft. Uh if you're watching live on anything but YouTube, I would encourage you to jump over to YouTube right now. Uh there's a lot of folks up in the chat uh, t- uh at the moment, which is great. I love seeing the action. I love seeing everybody that's in there. Uh, you guys chatted up. I will be taking random questions if they fit what we're talking about. Uh, but with that, without any further ado, uh, first, I asked you what your first initial thoughts were about the draft or how you felt, how the, how the draft left you feeling. But first initial thoughts, the, it's it's the moment, right? And I talked a little bit about it, about like I had anticipation that the Bills were going to take a running back. Like I, I had this, this, I've always been anti-running back first round guy, but I was very much like, well, it running back at 30, when the team, when, when the rosters stacked, I'm good. Like, give me a running back. And then Najee Harris went, ETN went. I knew Javante Williams was still out there. And I was like, okay, at this point, we got to go corner. We got to go corner. We got to go something, somebody that's going to give me an impact day one. Yep. In the 2021 draft with their 30th overall pick, the Buffalo Bills select edge rusher Greg Rousseau. What was your emotion? <laughs> Well, well, um, well, my emotion and my reaction, I tried to keep them separate because, because <laughs> I was live on the SB Nation show. So right, like everybody right. could see my reaction. And I'm like, in my mind, you know, I wanted a cornerback. And then right. if it wasn't a cornerback, I'm like you. I wanted somebody to come in and, and make a difference like right now. And right. it just wasn't Greg. And so I'm like, yeah, this is good, man. We need, we need, <laughs> we need that guy. Yeah, that we guy. need run support. We need that, man. But man, when I tell you inside, I was crying. It's I love like, that guy. And this is not, and this is not me saying, oh, Greg Rousseau is not a good prospect. He's not a exactly. good exactly. I think I think the year that we got to see from him in Miami, I thought it was amazing. Like he, you know, only second in the league to, you know, who was it? Uh uh, he was a second in the nation in sacks or something like that. Or, yeah, you know, yeah. like the guy's impressive or yeah, was behind chase young in 2019. So I'm not saying that I don't necessarily think that he can be a great guy. M- my only issue with this pick is like, I just, I, I didn't, I don't feel like we closed and I know we're going to get deeper into it. So I don't want to talk too deep for you, but I don't feel like we closed the gap between us and the teams that we need to beat in order to win the Super Bowl. 
Right. And and that's my only problem with it. But no, I think I think when you're looking at um the long-term effects of this of this draft, I think um we definitely set ourselves up to be good for another at least four or five years. You know, like the Bills yeah. aren't gonna be one of those teams that are good for a good two years and then all of a sudden we kind of disappear. No, no, no. The Bills are gonna be legit. We're gonna be solid. Our defense is going to improve. It might not be this year. It might be this year, it but be. it might not be this year. Um and if it's not this year, don't panic. We have the pieces to really – we got a lot younger. And these guys, man, I'm going to tell you, our second-round pick, I'm actually more impressed with our second-round pick than our first-round pick. Don't and get there. Don't, I, don't get ahead no, of I'm me. Not, yeah. I'm not – I'm not – but I'm saying – but but like I'm, I'm, I'm saying it to say I'm impressed with the overall – uh, yeah, results of yeah. the draft because like I think our second was better than our first and then I think the best value for me was the third round yeah. so you know we can get into all of these things but no I'm, I'm happy with the draft I just wanted something that was immediate so Twitter was a buzz Saturday and it was great and because I think it was great because everybody was respectful and there was a lot of opinions coming out and a lot of feelings coming out and emotions in it and it to me it it cleared away a lot of the the blurriness or scales that we have as Bills fans as it pertains to what we view as important or not important or different words and began to clear some things up. But it was very hard for people to distinguish the difference between what you and I felt, which was, no, no, I, I'm looking for an impact player, a guy that can hit the ground running right now. It doesn't mean he's going to be a superstar. He's just going to be able to contribute. Who we drafted in the first round was more of a project player, high character, high ceiling. Mm -hmm. Great. I love that idea. Like, I love high character, high ceiling. But for you and me, it was, but how does that get us closer to catching the Kansas City Chiefs? I'm not sure that it does. Why was it so hard for people to see the difference between can't miss and immediate impact, in your opinion? Well, I don't know. I think, um, you know, because I kind of got yelled at about that, too. And it's like, well, who would you have taken at 30? That's can't miss. And it's like, look, I'm not I understand we're at 30. I'm not saying that we're going to get, you know, Kyle Pitts. I, I know. <laughs> Trust mm -hmm. me, I know that. What I'm saying is, um, was there somebody on the board who was better than somebody on your roster in the right. in whatever position they played? Right. To me, Asante right. Samuel plays his position better than the guy on our roster that plays that position. Um, there were a couple other people who I thought um in other roles i thought were better than the guys that we have on our rosters right okay i don't you know now is that saying a home run no it's not a home no. run hitter it's just an impact and i feel like that's those we don't need a, a home run hitter for that what we need is somebody to, to make stops on third and short and if we right. can get that then <laughs> i think that makes a huge improvement to our defense we need, we need guys that can get to the quarterback not just get a quote-unquote pressure on the quarterback which we see a lot of pressures on the quarterback but we don't see any wrapping up of the quarterback right is what we're talking about uh and then to your point you were talking about it a second ago the bills jumped in in the second round and it's funny because we were all thinking cornerback we're all like right there's dudes there there's dudes there cornerback cornerback there's dudes there and then they jumped up and they took boogie basham and i love his name i love the boogie i love the basham i love them both and i was live with john fina when the bills took carlos basham and i'm gonna be honest with you i did it again I like that guy. Like, I didn't know who Carlos Basham was. I was like, I've never heard this name in my life. Like, and then like, and like literally as I'm talking to John and like doing my research, John already has a YouTube video pulled up and you can watch it hit like on YouTube and he's lighting up like a Christmas tree at this kid's highlights because he's like throwing guys around and tackling quarterbacks and like whipping people. And John's just like, this guy's awesome, yeah. <laughs> which was yeah. amazing. So, but they went edge edge. Edge edge, which is like never like you don't hear of anybody going edge edge, especially one, two. 
Yeah, no, it's it's it was absolutely surprising for me, you, and everybody. I think everybody. Um, I think I saw Greg tweet like, "I am thoroughly surprised." <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like that just never happens. But the thing is, it's like, um, although I I believe Brandon most times when he says, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna pick yeah. the best player that, that's on our board," I think at the same time they sent a clear message here. I think oh, yeah. a we spent too much money on our defensive line to get the results that we got, and we're getting older on our defensive line. So on top of us not getting the results, we're not we're not going to be able to develop the guys we have because yep. they're getting older. So right. we need to bring in some youth. So yeah. look, they brought in two guys, one guy who could potentially, he has the potential to be um, you know, he has he has the potential to be big time. Like, you know, Greg Rousseau has every single attribute yes. that you would need out of an edge rusher to be the guy that, you know, we've been, we've been like all of us have well, maybe not every single person, but we've been wanting, you know, the, um, and the Yannicks and we've been wanting yep. the, the, like, whoever you want to name there, like insert whatever defensive in here, he has every attribute to be that guy. So I'm yeah. excited. Yep. yep. Our second round pick. Yeah, buddy. That's yeah, the one I kind of, they went That's for the one. they went for a guy that was gonna is going to have the ability to impact the game today. So when when preseason comes, when training camp comes, yes, Boogie Basham is going to be making plays, and people are going to be saying, "Well, Boogie Basham is really outplaying Greg Rousseau." Like, and it's, but there's an expectation I think that he should. What's funny about Greg Rousseau in that pick is when I was watching his highlights, it stuck out to me that he looked a lot like Jason Pierre-Paul. That was like the first eye test thing that I saw was, and I'll be honest with you, if that's who we get out of, out of, of, out of Groot, I'm all about it. Like he can play like across the line of scrimmage, Jason Pierre-Paul, even after he blew his hand off was still, is still, was still a very productive player in the NFL. To me, that's a win. If that's the guy you get, if in two years you've got Jason Pierre-Paul on your football team at six foot seven, so a bigger version of him, but then you've got Boogie Basham as well, who's a high motor dude, can wrap guys up, finds the quarterback, can seem can seemingly seem to find him. I'm all for it. Like, but for me, I think what was interesting, and I talked about it at the top of the show, and you and I talked about it a lot, uh, just kind of offline. It's clear that going forward, it's going to be fun for me to see next year how Bruce and Bruce is in the chat, how Greg Thompson, how all these guys that I respect a lot with their mocks, even Dave Tilton and Mathis, uh, like all the guys. How when they're setting their mocks up and they're setting their projections up, if it begins to skew a little bit based on character, because the character piece, the ethics piece, the integrity piece, the work ethic, all that stuff is way higher for Brandon Bean and McDermott than any of us have it listed. Like, I don't know that the Bills are ever going to draft that guy that's flashy. We'll call it Deion Sanders-esque, strutting down the runway, sunglasses on. You know what I mean? Like, I'm the man and I'm here for me and I'm the show. I don't know that the bills are going to draft that guy. The bills literally look for high character, high ceiling. And it puts us in a position as bills fans to be like, we could be good for a really long time. If they keep funneling these guys in that have high character, high ceiling. Cause every two years, a new dude is going to show up like bang. There he is. Has he's reached his ceiling, which is exciting for me. I don't know if you've got thoughts on that. It's it's an interesting place to be in, but they definitely evaluate players differently than everybody thinks they do. Well, I agree with you. Um, the only the only place there that I would disagree, like I'll agree in full by saying like they're gonna keep drafting these high character, high ceiling guys. Mm -hmm. The only place that I'll I'll kind of take a step back and say, but 
they're not scared to go and get the flashy guys. Man. Sure. We got Stefan Diggs. Now, it wasn't a draft pick. Yeah. Steph is that guy. Like, we have the superstar, flashy guy driving a Mercedes G-Wagon with the Jordan endorsement, which is crazy. Out of Buffalo, we got a guy <laughs> with a Jordan endorsement. But, like, so we have that guy. Um, but, but man, um, these guys are workers. You got these guys that they're drafting who don't mind coming into work. It was Now, that was my concern. Mm-hmm. Uh, before I got to see the Greg um, Rousseau interview, I was concerned because it's like, yeah, I know he took a year off, but, man, his pro day was horrible horrible i don't know if you got a chance yeah, to watch yeah. it i didn't watch um, it but i know i heard and he, they called him stiff and all kinds of crazy words yeah ooh, they didn't lie like yeah. it, it, normally i think i think pro day and combine tapes and numbers sometimes i think people put way too much stock into it i think you know it's like well i, I think a lot of people do can we talk about it because he didn't sure. play he didn't play 2020 he opted out of covid which is fine i totally get it and i respect it my, my we've talked about it a lot you and i have my sister-in-law mm-hmm. is a covid nurse a, an ER nurse, a travel nurse. She was in New York City. She was in Texas, Houston, Texas for six months. Now she's in California. There was a lot of fear, not fear on our side, but there was a lot of caution that we took. Right. So I get it. His mom is a nurse. Totally get it. But this is where I'm going. You and I also are from Buffalo. And I lived in Columbus, Ohio for 13 years, which isn't much different than Buffalo, even though people want to think it is. And this is where I'm going. When we don't golf for seven months or eight months, that first time out on the golf course, we're a little stiff and the dude hasn't yeah. played football in over a year and there's nothing. It's like golf going to the golf dome or going to the driving range is not golfing. And there's no substitution for golfing. Right. And the same thing is true with football, being in the gym, being in the weight room, running around on turf, whatever. It, there's no substitution for leaning into an offensive lineman and trying to bend and roll and like having certain parts of your body flex like that. It's just different. I don't fault him at all. It's been a year. I, I agree with you, but but I disagree because the, uh, well, actually I'm saying I disagree in, in, in full about that. I agree with you about us. Like it's not the same. Right. This guy is a, is a, is a high class athlete. He knew he was getting drafted. Oh yeah. You like the things that he had to do for his pro day, you can practice and perfect that all year. He could have been, you know, just like other players who who opted out. There's been plenty of guys who opted out um, who still did not look horrible on their pro day. So that was my concern about him was like, OK, yeah, I get it. He had a year off and he just didn't look sharp. He didn't look like what we wanted him to look. Right. And, right. you know, I know the Bills training staff and the coaches think, hey, we got this thing. We can we can get our guy in shape. But my problem is, is like, well, why why didn't you have the motivation to keep yourself in shape? Anyway, you knew you were a high draft pick. Like you just lost. He lost millions of dollars. Possibly, you know. Um, so, so what I'm saying is, um, I'm happy we got him because now we have to kind of get him. We have to get him up to speed, and we have to get him there. But it's like that was my only question. So that's what I'm going to be watching. But but yeah, long term, long term, I think it's going to work out great. I agree, and it's I'm I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited for both of those guys. I'm very much excited for. And I don't know how to say it. what started out is. Uh, what's going on? Turned into okay, right? Uh, yeah, all right, let's do this. Like, <laughs> yeah. let's do this. Uh, but uh, yeah, Boogie Basham, it was just a, a great pick, and uh, I know that we're both excited about that pick. Uh, what's funny is uh, then one of our our biggest needs that we had corner. We would all agree CB two. <laughs> At least we thought CB two was our biggest need or one of our biggest needs. It was lining up perfect, and this Melon Fanu kid was falling and i don't even know you asked bruce at one point why is this kid falling and i don't know that you got an answer like nobody knows why this kid from syracuse was falling 
all the way to the third. And I thought for sure, like, it's the third round. This kid's there. Done deal. And the Bills go with another enormous prospect with an equally enormous upside who's not really ready to play today. Spencer Brown. Benching 500 pounds. Jumping through tables on draft night. I'm just like, that's the moment for me where it's like, okay, everything that I expect from this draft and probably going forward forever is totally different. The Bills are rewriting the script. The Bills are rewriting the draft script. Where were you at that moment? Man, well, with, with this moment, like, so without third round draft pick, I'm all in. This this guy is, um, <laughs> I, I know he's not ready right now. I know right, he can't right, come right, right. play. I'm going to just tell you, he's one of those guys. Y'all used to love Richie. Yeah. He's going to be better than that. Y'all used to love, like, wh- wh- whoever y'all love on the offensive line in history on the Buffalo Bills, you are going to love this guy. I wish that I had the ability to show y'all these charts. Um, so I sent them to you, Joe. You can take a look at them. I'm also going to send yeah. you yeah. Aaron Downs. I want you to compare. Yes, that's that, yes, that's what I'm saying. I I'm want you pulling, to compare Spencer Brown. Our messages right now. Yeah, go ahead. So, so while you're pulling that up, when you pull up Spencer's, I'm also going to send you Aaron Donalds. Okay. This guy charts out, and I know you, charting and playing football are two different things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. Yep. But this guy has everything that you need to be um, one of the best offensive linemen in football. So I believe in Sean McDermott. I believe in our offensive line coach. He is an amazing offensive line coach. When you have a guy who has have have these physical attributes, Joe, I'm telling you right now, yeah, yeah, we're going to sure. run. We are going to run. It's not going to be a problem. Yeah, his uh, his measurables were pretty incredible. It was pretty much a, a solid, almost a solid circle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> more so than just about everybody else. Like it, uh, I was not super excited about kind of who his comps were. There was no nobody there in his outside of Taylor Lewan, who I'm not a big fan of. Taylor Lewan, there weren't a lot of great comps there. But yes, uh, as far his Raz circle is is almost full, and it, it looks very similar to your point to Aaron Donald's, almost a little bit better. It does because Aaron Saylor. Donald. Um, there are other things that Aaron Donald doesn't have, but it doesn't need for his position. Sure, sure. Uh, it's nice. It's nice, man. Yeah, the whole thing. But for me, that is literally where the draft changed. Everything like for I was just okay. So everything I expect, everything I think is going to be completely different. They're not going to do anything that I'm expecting them to do. Um, and what's funny is listening to Brandon Bean's press conference afterwards. And I alluded, I, I, I talked about this at the top of the show. He said, we didn't go into this draft with any type of expectation or plan. We just wanted the board to fall to us. And yes, it got to a point where it's like, we need a re- we need a returner, which spoke like completely to uh, the the wide receiver that they drafted. Uh, what's his name? We uh, got it right here, uh, Marcus okay. Marcus Stevenson. Yep, spoke like we need a returner. We needed a cornerback, so we knew we had to pivot a little bit. There were some needs we had to fill, but we literally there was no there was no expectation to go edge edge like offensive tackle. And then I think they went, what'd they go? Uh, fourth round. Or no, they didn't have a fourth round pick. They went offensive tackle again. Like that was not a plan. That's just how the board fell to them, mm-hmm. which is so different than anything we have been a part of for the last 20 years. But I don't, before, I don't even remember when, before it's got to be like in the McGahee era, somewhere around there is when I started paying attention to the draft. Like I, I never really paid attention to it. So of all the time that I've been paying attention to the draft, it's never been what we saw this weekend where it's like, um, that guy's the top of the board. Take him. That right. guy's the top of the board. Take him. That guy's the top of the board. Take him. We need to think about cornerback. How about that guy? 
It's never been that. Is it is it me or um were you a little disappointed too that that we didn't move up at all in any round? Like I just I, don't I, think, I, just they felt like, I, times- I don't think they needed to. They moved down, but I don't think they needed. I think I think they literally felt like this board is coming to us. You know what I'm shocked at? Because to your point, like it, so for instance, round two, round three, I'm sitting there like screaming, like, go get Melifo. Like, go yeah, get yeah, him. He's yeah, there. Yeah, he's, he's there. there. All, it was all of us. And like Bill's Mafia was united in the third round at that point in time. Like 10, 10 picks before the Bills took him or took uh their took their pick. All of us were like, now's the time. Jump up and get him. Go get him. They didn't. It's crazy. We're gonna crazy. take a six foot eight and a half offensive tackle. <laughs> I think the last six foot eight offensive tackle the Bills took was Mike Williams, by the way. Just throwing that out there. The the interesting thing about all of this is, you know, high risk, high reward guys, not really high risk, high ceiling, high character guys. Mm -hmm. There's no guarantee. The draft is a crapshoot, period. They want guys that are teachable. They want guys that are coachable. They want guys that are not all into themselves. Bruce Nolan is in the chat. He said, you know, high football character guys, guys that understand football, want to learn about football, want to play football. But the reality, oh, Langston Walker was 6'8". Thank you, Andrew. Uh, the reality is, is there's still no guarantee. And this draft, this draft, as much as the Josh Allen, you know, there's a lot of heyday for Tr- Tr- uh, Tredavious White. There's a lot of a lot of hay for, like, what a, what a pick we made at 27. And, like, the signature draft was Allen and Edmonds. This one has a make-it-or-break-it label for Brandon Bean for probably ever like if three of these guys pan out and become great players or four of these guys Brandon Bean is going down in history as like one of the greatest GMs ever if all of these guys wash out or only one works it's the draft that they wasted like honest to god man I don't want to be a homer this is going to really sound like I'm a homer I can see (laughs) no but I can see four of these guys working out like I can see four of these guys being very good players in the NFL I can too, but I think that's the homer in us, is it not? I mean, I, I no. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I don't. It sounds like I'm being a homer, but I honestly think Greg Rousseau. I don't think this year. I don't think we're going to get the production we want out of our defensive end position mm-hmm. unless mm-hmm. he signs. Unless um, Brandon Bean signs someone else. But I think you give him two years. I think Greg Rousseau is going to look a whole lot like. Um, you know, I'm I'm not going to go as far to say Bruce, but he's going to look like some other defensive ends we've had here in Buffalo that we used to enjoy. Yeah, you know, so yeah. I, I think it's going to look I think it's going to look really really good. And and then our second round pick, to your point, he's he's ready to go. He's yeah. ready. Greg Rousseau. I talked to John Fina about this. Uh, Greg Rousseau's greatest metrics, as much as he didn't do well at the combine, and who cares about metrics? We it's funny things you and I talked about this last week about measurables. Of the, like like mm-hmm. do these do these numbers matter? Um, was his 10 yard and his and his splits and his and his jumps. And I got to ask Fina directly, you played across the line in practice every single day from Bruce Smith, who has arguably the greatest jump on the snap of any defensive end to ever play football. What's that like having a because back then Bruce Smith at six foot five, six six, like 325, was an enormous human playing in the NFL. He was bigger than everybody else. What's it like having that guy across from you and basically by you before you're out of your stance? And he spoke candidly about it. Greg Rousseau has measurables and has things that he's going to bring to this defensive line. And he's going to be able to line up across the front, which is something, again, going back to the Jason Pierre-Paul thing, where Jason Pierre-Paul kind of lines up in different areas. 
He's just got he's got stuff about him in his measurables that are unteachable, uncoachable. Who cares about his 40 time? Who cares about his flexibility? Who cares about that stuff? That like flexibility specifically, John Feeney even talked about it. Like right now, if you try to touch your toes, if you can, great. If you can't, if you practice for two weeks, you'll be able to touch your toes. Like flexibility can be taught. Getting a, a fast, a quick twitch off the jump is not teachable. That's something you have or you don't. And getting around the left tackle or getting around the right tackle or getting through the gap before the other guys are out of their stance is something that's uncoachable. So, and that's something he's got. I'm really excited, excited about Groot as we're going to probably affectionately call him forever. Uh, I'm excited about, as you said, Boogie Basham. I'm, I'm really excited about him. I'm excited about all these guys. The Bills took Tommy Doyle, another behemoth at offensive tackle. I don't, did you, we're, we're in like no man's land for me. Normally when we get to this point in the draft, I'm like, I don't really know, but not only did I not know the guys, I didn't even know what the bills were doing. So I was just like, I'm out. (laughs) (laughs) Well, see at this point, I'm enjoying it because for multiple reasons, one, I'm, I'm seeing this as, as what the bills want to challenge themselves with, because I, I, I tend to look at the later rounds in the draft as, okay, what developmental pieces can we take? I mean, really, our whole draft is kind of developmental, but you're talking about practice squad guys. Or you're talking about guys that you're trying to keep maybe for a couple seasons who might, you know, end up. Marquez Stevenson is yep. not a guy that I'm looking at that's like a few years. I'm, he's somebody who might uh, have our guys, my guy, uh, Isaiah I, McKenzie's position on the rocks here, man. It might be rough on him. We're we're ahead because where did he so uh the Bills took in in the fifth round the Bills took uh, Tommy Doyle then they took Marcus Stevenson so he is he's next so we can talk about right Marcus so when you watched his highlights what did you see because I, I felt like I saw something what did you see did you see a, I saw a mini I don't want to give him that much credit to say Tyreek Hill but I saw a mini Tyreek Hill like I saw that type of it um, looked it, it looked to me like they were outside of the kick returner and that's what Bean said we needed a kick returner we went and got a kick returner but it looked to me like they were trying to replace the very effective wide receiver screen route that John Brown ran all the time and he mm-hmm. ran it a lot in 2020 wounded injured so he didn't have the speed like there was several plays that he could have scored on had he not had whatever was going on with his leg and right. that was like the primary route in his highlight reel that he ran outside of a couple deep routes. But what's funny is like every time he got the football, once he caught it, two steps, he was gone. There was nobody going to catch him, which was well, wild. Here's the thing that, that I see with him. It's like he's not what Isaiah McKenzie has been for us. Right. So Isaiah McKenzie has been, you know, that jet sweep kind of gadget play guy. And he's and I know, you know, he was very proud and he should be very proud of the amount of touchdowns that he has had and produced, especially last season. Like the amount of touches he has for, you know, is insane. Mm-hmm. But he's a gadget guy. Unfortunately, that's unless he can develop to be more. Stevenson right. is not a gadget guy. Right. He's a right. guy that's going to develop to be a wide receiver. And most guys thought most most. um analysts like experts had him going way higher than six yeah i saw third third i saw third for some people not everywhere not everywhere not everywhere i'm saying i saw third for some people right 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 the bills drafted out they rounded it out they took demar hamlin next they took uh rashad wild goose the best name in the draft wild goose outside of maybe boogie basham i mean if, if you've got a defensive player that's like going to sack the quarterback you want him to be called basham right uh yeah, J- yeah. jack anderson what did what how much how much study did you do on rashad wild goose for me 
what I read in his profile was what I saw on film. Very handsy on the on the receiver. Hands all over him. It was I saw exactly why he had a ton of interference penalties and like <laughs> defensive illegal contact penalties. Um, very handsy guy. I don't know what your thoughts were on him necessarily. I'm excited because he's a new Buffalo Bill, but I wasn't like, oh, we have the replacement for Levi Wallace. Dundee. Yeah, I don't I don't think that we um now I hope I, I mean I hope I'm wrong on all of these guys, you know, like me saying that they're developmental pieces and they won't but I, from what I'm hearing, I'm hearing that he's a he's a diamond in the rough. Like we got a you know, we got a really special guy here in in that position, but I just don't think that we really found Levi's I mean not Levi. Um Yeah, Levi. I don't think Levi, I don't yeah. think we I don't think we found the guy to step up and and take over Levi's place. What's funny to me is in the Brandon Bean presser Unless I misheard it or misinterpreted it, interpreted it. Sorry, that's not interpreted is not a word. Unless I misinterpreted it, Bean almost talked more pointedly about Dane Jackson than he did Levi. Did you listen to his presser by chance? I did, and he was very much he 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 made it a point to talk about Dane, but didn't really make it a point to talk about Levi. But he also gave away the keys, the secret to the frustration that you and I have and had had and a lot of Bills Mafia had had. And I am on record as saying Levi is great at tackling, which on a bad tackling football defense, which the Bills were last year, and they've gotten worse at tackling since McDermott's first season. On a team that doesn't tackle well, you want a guy that can tackle well. Levi Wallace tackles well. The problem is, is he doesn't defend passes well. So the guy in front of him catches the football and then he tackles the guy. And Brandon Bean said, that's exactly what we want from our cornerback. We don't want our cornerback to do all the flashy stuff and make interceptions and do, we want a cornerback that tackles. Did, and that, you, what did goes you catch back that? To, did you catch I that? I did catch that. I did catch that. And that kind of goes back to what, um, you know, the, the point that I used to make with you when, when I was saying what Lorenzo Alexander said when he was on my show last year. Um, so there's a lot of times during the season I'm yelling and I'm like literally like watching the game and I get up and go and bang my head against the wall over here or whatever, because Levi gives up a first down or whatever, but he's doing exactly what the coaches want him to do. Mm-hmm. And he's tackling well, and he's playing exactly the way they want him to play. And as fans, we sit here and we're like, no, Levi is not, but they love Levi. They love, they love Levi. And then to your point about Dane, I think that the, the team is very high on Dane. I, I, I don't, too. I, think they are I don't think that we saw enough as fans to to really put a finger on him, like to say that he's developed enough or he's going to do whatever. But I think from from the way both Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean, first of all, this is not the first time Brandon Bean has talked about him either. At the end of the season last year, he made mention that, or this year I should say, at the end of the season, he made mention that he thinks that Dane is, has earned the right to, to compete for this cornerback two position, not just like make the roster again. He earned the right to to compete for that position so it's gonna be interesting man it's gonna be interesting yeah it's it's yes were you surprised they didn't make a bigger attempt at getting a wide receiver i i believe the wide receiver the receiver that they went and got they went and got four kick returner responsibilities are you surprised i think it's it's how quickly we forget how quickly we forget the conversation last year in preseason gabriel davis has come in and is studied and is way ahead of the curve of any rookie that we have potentially ever seen. And he looks great. And Oh, by the way, Isaiah Hodgins looks better. How quickly we forget Isaiah Hodgins. Are you surprised that they didn't go after a a wide receiver or is it 
or are you where I'm at, which is I think they really like Isaiah Hodgins. No, I think they really like Isaiah Hodgins. And to your point, I think the guy who's not safe right now, and I don't want to say not safe like he's gone, because I think Isaiah McKenzie, they love him. But I think his job is the one that's um, that they're getting competition for. They didn't bring in competition for for Davis. They didn't bring in competition for Hodgins. You know, they brought in competition for McKenzie. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm excited about this Isaiah Hodgins kid. We haven't seen him play football other than a couple of videos, right, from the preseason mm-hmm. last year. But I'm really, really excited just to see what he's going to bring. If he, if if what they said in camp is, you know, we heard all all the guys we trust, Piscaglia, we heard, you know, Perino, we heard all the Mookie, we heard all the guys we trust talk about that he looked better than Gabe in preseason, and then what we saw Gabe do during the season. I'm really excited about this kid. Yeah. But I think you're I can't, right. I can't wait. I think you're right. I think there's an aspect. I think there's an aspect to Isaiah might be, uh, and it hurts to say it. How can you want a guy off your team that says, I'll play for candy? Just yeah. let me in the locker room. Just let me I get in the locker room. Like, and he's so he's so much fun, man. Like he's just he he's the guy that really does have fun with the social media team. He interacts with all the fans. Like, like Isaiah McKenzie's just like the perfect guy to have in your community. He really right. is. So, right. so I'm not rooting against him, but I'm just reading the writing on the wall. It's like, hey, okay, we let Andre Roberts go. He got away. Yeah, you're on the team and, and we believe in you. We gave you a contract when your deal. You're looking to get more money next year. Let's see if we can draft a guy that can do your job already. He might help you go find another contract already. You know, that's what they're showing me. Yeah, yeah, that's what they're showing. But then also one more point about the wide receiver room, if you don't mind, dude, two and a half years ago, like two and a half years ago, we were begging for Brandon Bean to do something about the wide receiver position, period. Now we're like, well, which one of these guys do we want to cut? You know, like it's a completely different conversation. Like now we're, we're talking about depth, whereas before we were talking about Kelvin Benjamin. And, you know, I'm sorry, I, but the, it's just the disdain for that guy. So it's like we were talking about Kelvin Benjamin, Zay Jones, Andre Holmes. Like that that was our top three. Wow. It's, wow. 50% drop rate out of Zay Jones. 50% drop rate. And I don't want to go back in the past. So <laughs> looking at the draft, and we've been in it this 46 minutes. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to or watching the Overreaction Sports Podcast on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Vidcast Network. And I'm sitting here, Joe Miller, the voice with my guy, James, Jay Spence. Uh, favorite pick. What's your favorite pick in this draft? I, I think I know what you're going to say because I think I kind of agree. And I'm going to tell you why I think it's my favorite pick. What's your favorite pick? Well, I'm going round three. I'm going Spencer Brown. Really? Wow, that yeah. is not mine. Gotcha. Why? Why? Which why one is yours? Brown? Mine was oh, number two. Up. Mine was Basham because, like, okay. we're going to get to see Basham. Basham. <laughs> oh, okay. No, no. I mean, it's going to be fun. It's going to be so much fun watching Basham. But, um, but no, Spencer Brown, man, the, the value in that pick, the just like I'm telling you, dude, the attributes that this guy has, the, the physical dominance that he's going to put on people once we develop him and he's actually yeah. in the game. Yeah, I'm so sure. excited to see um, Zach Moss behind Spencer Brown. Singletary, too, but I'm excited to see Zach Moss behind Spencer so, Brown. So Kingpin came out today and he said uh Sunday he came out and he said that uh Spencer Brown is going to go to right tackle, Williams is going to kick into right guard and then Ford will be off of the offensive line starter. Do you agree with that? No. I can't see it. I can't see it. I can't see it. I think Williams um I think he solidified his place at right tackle. Mm-hmm. Um so I can't see them um congratulating him and, and thanking him by giving him that contract extension 
and then yep. saying, all right, we're just going to move you into right guard now. And then, no, I can't see that. I see them developing this guy for a year or two, you know, but, but no, I, I think Williams is our guy right now. I do. Yeah, I agree. What does this draft, what you saw from Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott, what does this draft tell you about the way that Bean and McDermott view this football team versus the way Bill's mafia views this football team? It tells me that um, Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott actually do see us being um, closer than than we see ourselves. At least that's what I'm telling myself, because um, to me as a fan, if I'm thinking, OK, we're not we're not there yet. We still need one or two more pieces. If that's me, I'm I'm thinking about, OK, I don't want to move up and mortgage the future, but I might want to move up a few spots and get a guy, you know, before the the most dynamic playmaker is out or before whoever like that's what i'm doing if i think i'm a player away i'm adding right, speed. Right, right. they didn't do that they didn't right. they didn't add the things that we were lacking um when you look at the chiefs or when you look at any of the other teams that are at the top so i think that means they think that we're there or maybe not there to win a super but that, that, but we're closer than than bills fans think and i think they want to you know i think they want to pay off their mortgages on their homes and stick around western new york for a long time they're just planning to be good for for years to come and not just you know for the next two or three years they're they're planning on being good for the next decade it's so weird having this much competence in yeah. in senior management of this football team it's so like weird. how did how does that even sound for me to say that to you like how did that feel like i think they're trying to pay off their mortgages and stick around western new york for some it's time so, like it's so weird <laughs> It's wow we, to have this much competence in senior management of our football team is so weird. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to and watching the overreaction sports podcast. My name is Joe Miller. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Miller wired. I'm the voice of the overreaction sports podcast brought to you by the market dominator. My guy, John Spence, check. I'm sitting here with James Spence. And before I get to the last question that I have, for Jay Spence. I keep calling you James Spence. I'm sorry, Jay Spence. <laughs> what happens when you're family? You call right. each other by their name. Right. That's okay. Yeah, I'm <laughs> like, yeah, you might think you're in trouble because I'm calling you by your first name and your middle name. Uh, if you've got any questions for myself and uh, Jay Spence, now would be the time as I'm asking uh, Spence the uh, the last question that I have for him. Do you feel, and this has been a big thing for you this whole offseason since the AFC Championship game, do you feel that with this draft, and through what you've seen so far in the offseason, free agency, have we closed the gap on the Chiefs at all? No, we I don't think not. that. No, I think um, if if I think the Chiefs have gotten better, and that's scary because mm. you know if it wasn't for an injured um, for two injured tackles and an injured quarterback, I think the chiefs would have been the super bowl champions again. Mm. Um, I'm not, I don't want to take anything away from what Tampa Bay and Tom Brady did, but no, the chiefs, the chiefs are the team. And, and now they upgraded their entire offensive line, not just like their, like their offensive line is way better than it's been. And, and, and the draft, man, they draft so well, like what Mm. in the hell is going on out there, dude? Mm. Like, so no, I don't think that we've that we've closed the gap. I think um we kind of stayed put or you know, maybe got a little bit better with the signing of Emmanuel Sanders, but I think they took like a good two, three steps forward. I think they get they really got better. Gotcha. And then uh do you feel that with that, as far as you know, did we close the gap? I don't know that the gap is you agree with me when I say that I don't know that the gap is as wide as maybe we perceive it to be. Simply like I don't know that what we saw in the AFC championship game was the true Buffalo Bills 
I think we, if we had a redo, if nine, if there were not, if we played 10 games, nine of them would not look like that one. Would you agree with that? I don't know. It looked like that, you know, what was that? November? It did. It did. And I know the score didn't look like that, but the game looked like that, you know, and the score got closer towards the end and whatever they, they could have, they could have destroyed us. If you go back and watch that game, the score could have looked exactly like that. For sure. So I don't know. I don't know. William Fox asked a question. William, thank you for being a part of the show. First time William has uh, jumped in and been a part of the show on YouTube. So, William, thank you for being a part. Uh, question, who's the most likely fifth round plus player to make the roster? So, five and down, who do you think is going to make the roster? That's another, like, like rare air. Dra- draft picks that don't make our football team. We have not been that football team for 20 years. We're draft picks. Unless we drafted them and there were, it was obvious this guy ain't going to make it. We have, we've pretty much always kept all of our draft picks. Mm-hmm. So five and down, who's most likely to make it? I think this is pretty easy. I got two guys. Go ahead. I, I, I'm going on uh, Stevenson. I think he's a, I, I almost think Stevenson's a, a lock to make the roster. Right. I'm going Hamlin. I think, I think DeMar Hamlin might make the roster as um, Dean Marlowe's. I don't think he's like going to be the replacement, but I think from everything that I'm hearing and then the little bit that I've gotten a chance to see, I think this guy is a, is a steal at, at mm. you know, in the sixth round at 212. I think he was definitely a steal, and I think he plays better than the sixth round. Mm. So I think he might actually make the roster in, in um, you know, I, I don't know. I don't think he's going to be as good as our guy, but I think he's going to step in and, and jump right in there. The Bills are electric, asks this question, and thank you so much for being a part of the show, Bills. Of all the draft picks, who would you think will contribute the most in 2021? Yeah, I'm going Boogie. They're just like him uh, yeah. or she. I'm not sure who Bills are electric, but yeah, I'm going Boogie. I think right now he's the most NFL pro-ready guy, and he's yep. like, to your point, he's going to bash him. Bash him's going to bash him. <laughs> Kenny Riggleman, thanks for being a part of the show. Do you think maybe we can use Spencer Brown as a sixth lineman in short yardage, so almost that Lee Smith role, right? And goal yeah. line packages to help run game and uh, the athletic play he used to play at tight end so he can sneak out for a pass, question mark. Yeah, Kenny, I think I think we're um, on Twitter, too. I'm going to DM you the chart that I sent Joe so you can see what I'm talking about there. I absolutely think that that he can do this stuff, man. Yeah. Like, it, it's um, it's insane. It is insane. Yeah, for sure. Chris Jenke, the real Chris Jenke, asks, which day three draft picks do you guys think will have the hardest time making the roster? Doyle, Stevenson, Hamlin, Wild Goose, or Anderson? My pick is going to be Anderson, but I don't think he's getting far. He's going to end up on the practice squad. I would say Anderson and Wild Goose. I think um, even though as much as we all as fans aren't happy with Levi and Johnson and whoever, I think that um, they're going to they're going to pick up a free agent cornerback, you know, somebody, a veteran. And uh, I think it's just going to be difficult for for him to make the roster as like the fifth or sixth. I just think it's going to be tough. Uh, William Fox asks another question. Do you think any of our undrafted free agents have a realistic shot at the roster? I don't know how much looking in at them you have done. I have not done any study on these guys yet. So that's this week's task. So I can't answer. Bruce, you're in the chat. If you want to jump on that and answer that question, (laughs) we would love some assistance. I love how we just defer to Bruce. Bruce, (laughs) I do that during live shows now, too. I think Bruce is in the the chat. Bruce, if you're in the chat. Because you're on a first-name basis with all of these guys. Uh, If you could please help us uh, in that situation, because, yeah, I have a life, and... (laughs) I just, you know what, but you know what, college just doesn't interest me that much, man. So like to know about all these guys and I'm sorry, I'm seeing a lot in the comments, Richard Sherman. You think we're going to pick up Richard Sherman? No, you don't. Nope. I think, I think they've gotten burned by that whole, let's go find an old cornerback that used to be really good. 
thing. Well, I, I don't know. I think I think Josh Norman was I think that was the relationship thing from the Carolina days. I think I think when you're looking at Richard Sherman, it's a little bit different. Like Sherman is by far even st- he's not the same cornerback he was, but he's still by far a better cornerback than Josh Norman. Yeah, but who oh. goes? Levi, Dane, Cam Lewis, Trey, right? Uh Taron is in there. And then you bring in Richard Sherman and you got the new kid, Wild Goose. Maybe maybe they do. The roster. Oh, you don't, yeah, I don't think it makes the roster. Gotcha. My brother from another mother, Andrew Miller. Which draft he makes the biggest impact? I think it's Stevenson between the wide receiver skills and returner. I think I agree. I think Andrew Miller or uh, I think uh, Stevenson has the most opportunity to make an in and out game day impact versus probably some of the others. If he is what we think we are and his vision on kickoff returns looked great. But if he's only a kickoff returner, who's returning punts? Is that Ike? Do is we have only? I'm asking. I'm asking. Well, I don't mm-hmm. know. From what I've seen, I, I thought he was both. I, I could be wrong, though. I could be wrong. I'm not a, I, I admitted before, <laughs> I'm not a college guy. Um, so I don't know, but I thought he was both. And that's why I felt like Isaiah McKenzie's, um, you know, position was kind of, kind of on the on the right i don't i don't know that when you've got this deep of a roster if the bills have the luxury of having uh maybe they do a a kickoff return specialist and a punt return specialist they're gonna have to do other things right yeah because i mean think about i mean i I get it we're just fans but think about how many people were mad last year (laughs) that andre roberts wasn't more a part of the offense i hate i hate reliving idiocy right I, but I just saying, like I, I try to include myself in there, even though I wasn't one of those fans. But I'm like, the yeah, years, how many of us? the years that we spent getting the ball inside the twenty versus inside the forty, and it's like we don't need this guy in the roster. You don't need the <laughs> best punt returner in the game. <laughs> what like, do you mean? <laughs> come on. Question from Chris Janke. Now that the draft is done, are there any veteran free agents out there? We just talked about Richard Sherman that you could see the Bills signing for depth. It's in my opinion, corner is the only place they're going. Yeah. And and to be honest, I, I'm on I'm gonna be on the team uh for Richard Sherman. I'm team Richard Sherman. Dude, this is awesome. We are at the point where I literally cannot keep up with all the comments and questions. So if I miss one of your questions, throw it in there a second time. Uh, Getting back to normal, that's all. It's awesome. It's incredible. Uh, Fred Resendez, uh, welcome to the show, Fred. Thank you for being a part. Hey, guys, I know we signed a tight end on uh, on, on UDFAs, but do you think we're still uh, in on Ertz? I, I think love, this is an interesting one. I would love Zach Ertz. I'd love yeah, I think, I think this is interesting because I think now he's cheap. He's not, you know, he's not going to get even the fourth that we were offering or quote unquote rumored to be offering before. Um, they're not going to get anything more than what would you think? Maybe a six for him now? Uh, it's not going to be much. And that's if they move him. It might turn into a, well, just stick around and okay, I'll stick around. Right. Yeah. Bruce Nolan says most, the most likely undrafted free agent to make this roster for him is Griffin. So that answers that question. So I will defer to Bruce on that. Uh, Bruce, who is just a podcaster. I don't know if you saw that tweet today. Like the guy that said he's going to trust I, Brandon Bean, Brandon Bean over a guy that's just a podcaster. I saw <laughs> I that. Like, I saw. What a weird flex. I agree with you, bro. I trust Brandon Bean more than podcasters too. Yeah. 
I trust me. I trust Brandon Bean more than myself every time. Trust. Oh, right. <laughs> Real quick about that cornerback thing. I see somebody yeah. mentioned uh, Casey Hayward. He was signed today, if I'm not mistaken. I think Casey was picked up. I think he was too. Uh, uh, Sex and Dave, my guy David Thorpe. We haven't mentioned the other AFC East teams draft. How are you guys feeling about the division this season? I'll let you go first, and then I'll answer. Uh, You know what? I don't think the Jets hurt themselves at all. I'm, mm. I'm actually, I think they had a, a, a really good draft. I think Miami could have done a couple different things with their higher picks, but overall, same thing. I think they had a really good draft. Man, the, the Patriots, if this quarterback is the guy, like if, if he turns out, if Mac Jones turns out to be a guy, mm-hmm. the Patriots are back at it, man. Like th- this isn't, you know, they, they aren't far. So, mm-hmm. you know, the AFC East is going to be fun. It's going to be interesting to watch. Um, but I will tell you, out of everybody, I think Cleveland is the team that I'm jealous of. I think um, their draft, I'm, I'm super jealous of Cleveland's draft. I think the future is bright for the AFC East. And I think that, you know, that's exciting because it just means that the Bills are going to have to continue to get better. I think the Bills still have the best front office and head coach combo and coaching staff combo. Uh, I think all the teams got better through this draft. I'm not a big fan necessarily of the of the quarterback that the Patriots picked. That doesn't really matter. We'll see what happens. I was very, uh, I was very impressed with what the Dolphins did and kind of concerned. And then I saw this tweet from, uh, and Greg Thompson retweeted it at five one five who. Greer, three off seasons, and that's GM, and still no identity. Got rid of dead money, had massive draft capital. Where is our, and this is from the draft, number one, franchise quarterback, because Tua, a lot of question marks. Number two, alpha wide receiver, no slot, because they don't have one. They've got Devontae, uh, or uh, not uh, Devontae, but who's the wide receiver that's down there? Parker, Devontae Parker, yes. They got Devontae Parker, and that's about it. Three, stud running back, they don't have one. Elite defensive end, don't have one. Red zone threat, don't have one. And basically, it was summed up with worst draft ever. You don't pass on Pitts and Harris. There goes your team identity. And I think as I as I as I reflect on the Dolphins draft, the fact that they had the opportunity to probably get both of those guys makes me go, "Ee, yeah." I don't know. I think I think Dolphins fans are being what Bills fans were. Um, you know, even as of recent as a couple years ago, I think. Um, I want to give two another year or two. I think uh, as a rookie, Josh Allen was throwing 53% or 54%. And, mm-hmm. you know, he showed his flashes, but he wasn't the guy we saw last year. So different, I don't want to write off two of different players. Yeah. Well, no, they're there's different some, players. But there's, still, something to be, like, there's something to be said for a guy coming in, into the NFL polished. And literally, that's the draft this year for the Bills. A guy that's ready to play and a guy that's not. A guy that has a lot of growing to do. That was Josh Allen. Two is not that guy. Two is not. I, just, two, I feel like he's not going to make those leaps. I don't. But, but I don't. I, I don't think. Well, I, don't, I don't think. I don't think he's going to make those leaps. But I think that we all we all assumed that he was pro ready day one, and I also think we all assumed that he was absolutely healthy just because they threw him in there. Um, I I I just like I said, I'm not ready to to, to give up on him in that way. I don't want to to write him off. I think that he can be the guy. But you got his own teammates speaking anonymous anonymously, punks, sure. um, saying that he's not going to be good and all that. <laughs> but so I mean, they know better than me. But I just I'm not ready to write him off. I think that um you know we give I think you should give guys two three years to develop. Yeah, I love this question from Chris Janke. Uh, are you guys surprised we didn't draft a player at any given position, tight end, defensive tackle, linebacker? For me, running back. I'm very surprised we did not draft a running back. Um, actually, no, I'm not. I'm not surprised at anything that Brandon Bean didn't do this year. Um, I'm more surprised at the the two offensive tackles back to back. Um, 
and the, the two defensive, like just the first four picks. I'm just shocked at the first four picks. But as far as not picking those positions, I think, I, honestly, I don't think we make the trade for Ertz. I think it would be fun. But I think the Bills are happy with um with the tight end room that they have. I think they, if, if Sweeney's coming back like they hope for, I think we're good there. I think um Knox, they're happy with Knox development. Mm-hmm. And then, mm-hmm. hey, signing a guy that we just got from the Seahawks, too. Josh has some familiar familiarity with with Hollister, so I'm I'm excited about it. I don't I don't I'm not shocked at all. I'm looking forward to Hollister. I don't know why. I just have a Josh has been playing with him longer than anybody else in this football team, right? I'm I'm looking looking forward to that, ladies and gentlemen. You are watching and listening to the Overreaction Sports Podcast, brought to you by the Market or yeah, brought to you by the Market Dominator on the <laughs> Buffalo Rumblings. Almost like crossed myself over there. Brought uh, on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast, Multicast, Podcast Network, all the cast networks. I'm sitting here with my guy. Jay Spence. I am Joe Miller, the voice of the uh, Overreaction Show. Uh, do me a favor, whatever platform you're you're on, like, subscribe. Definitely like. It gets our metrics up so that uh, we get noticed. And subscribe so that you don't miss any content. We're going to wrap this thing up. This show has been awesome. And the reason this show has been awesome is because you guys have been awesome and a great part of it. Uh, one more question from William Fox. Any tight end? You get your hand up. What's the matter? Who disliked this? There's one dislike on YouTube. Who the oh, heck would dislike this? Like, that's what I want to know. <laughs> they probably don't like, I don't know. Maybe they don't like my charge shirt from uh, 26 shirts. I don't know. Uh, any tight end catching passes is taking receptions away from a wide receiver. Who could be more dynamic with the football? Um, I think he might have been responding to somebody else. So anyway, uh, but uh, Jay Spence, tell everybody where they can find you. Not that they don't know already, but where can they find you? Well, I am Jay Spence the King. You can find me on Twitter at Jay Spence the King. Same thing on Instagram. Um, my show is same like Joe's on the um, Buffalo Rumblings podcast, new YouTube, all these other networks. Every <laughs> network that we have, I'm on there. And uh, tomorrow, I'll be uh, I'll be live tomorrow night at 9 p.m. And I have another special guest. Yeah. I have a former uh, director of player engagement, and I forget his exact. Title. He had like four different titles. So. I have Marlon. He's he's actually a former Bills player as well. So it's going to be fun. Join me at 9 p.m. Marlon's a good dude, man. We're going to have a really, really good time. Very good. And my name is Joe Miller. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Miller Wired. And I have this one singular guarantee. If you follow me, I will follow you back. And I will not unfollow you unless you tweet porn. So as long as you don't tweet porn, I'm going to remain. So you can have all the po- political beliefs you want. You can have all the religious beliefs you want. You can believe whatever you want. You can say whatever you want to say. I will not unfollow you unless you tweet porn. And the reason is, is because I don't want to be going through my Twitter like feed and have something show up and my wife go, what are you looking at? Because that's like the kiss of death when it comes to marriage. So, no, no. <laughs> so as long as you don't tweet porn. So follow me. I'll follow you back. Uh, I love the interaction and the engagement. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, you have been watching and listening to the Overreaction Sports Podcast on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network, brought to you by the Market Dominator. I'm your host, Joe Miller, the voice of the Overreaction Podcast. You can find me, as I said, on Twitter. My Spence, or my Spence, my guy, Jay Spence, has been with me. Uh, Man, it's been a long show. It's been a great weekend. Um, We have your Spence, though. You are my Spence. We have, we're not ready. And I've been teasing and I've been putting out cryptic texts. We have an amazing announcement coming up soon, very soon. Uh, so let that just sit, sit you on the edge of your seat. Some, the, the water is beginning to churn. There, there's like movement in the water. Something is about to happen. I can't, we can't tell you yet, but it is going to come down to a partnership between myself and Jay Spence. It's coming. We're going to announce it very soon. We're excited about it. We just can't, it's not all, it's not all come together yet, but stay tuned. Stay tuned. Be anxious. Be anxious for us. 
I don't know what to say. And do you have a, do you have, do you have a teaser? <laughs> tease, tease that for me. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, I think you said it. It's coming. Like, it's, and it's, it's going to be big. <laughs> it's going to be big. <laughs> With that, thank you guys so much for listening and watching. As always, for me and my guy Jay Spence, go Bills. Jay Spence, go Bills. Go Bills. We love you guys. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. 